length of the dead letters probably wasn't a good thing to start off with last week. I do mm-hmm. think back backloading with the movie stuff uh, had a good flow to it. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, Boy, you know, <laughs> for the first time, we're talking about a PTA movie on this podcast, mm-hmm. and it is the most conflicted I've ever been about a PTA movie. So it should should be yeah. interesting. Should be very interesting. Yes, yes, it will be. Um, but uh, in the meantime, hey, what's up? It's Dinner Retro. It's Bill and Ian. Um, I'm very excited because I mentioned last week uh, that I prepared some updated sound drops for uh, some segments based on some feedback I received and some feedback that I, uh, in the in the absence of feedback I received. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's just open with uh, Did It All for the Moogle, shall we? That's a long 20 seconds. That is. Yeah. Wow. That was only 20 (laughs) seconds. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I I don't mind it, but my only concern there is whether we're venturing too closely into like shock jock radio territory. Are we? I don't know. Like, you know, the AM. By by combining Limp Biscuit and Moogle sounds. It's just, I don't know, it's a bit, it's a bit in your face, isn't it? I mean, yeah, man. At least it's not break stuff. <laughs> but hey, it's your show, so. <laughs> I spent way too long doing that. <laughs> no, I imagine, I believe it. Um, it is a good edit. It's a very good edit. <laughs> oh, God. This is did it all for the Moogle. This is the weeb segment where we talk about JRPGs or anime or whatever the hell else fits in here. Or sometimes there's Limp Bizkit news. <laughs> um, so uh, if you can believe it, I'm having issues with subtitles again. Uh, <laughs> well, I can believe it because of where you typically get your stuff on the okay, internet. Okay, no, now, now, now hold on though. Now hold on now. Now what if I told you I was having problems with legit subtitles? Oh, it's a little bit more surprising. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was attempting to watch um, the newest. Well, it's, I guess it's the newest. It's well, mm, I'm, I was attempting to watch the uh, the revival of the uh, Higurashi series, um, which I think I've mentioned before, but probably not in all that great of depth. Um, Higurashi is uh, a, a horror anime series. Um, that basically concerns um, a bunch of school kids in a single month in June. Like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's June-ish, 1983, uh, in a very remote town in Japan, and what happens to them. And throughout the different incarnations of the series, that's sort of the one constant, and... um, Basically, what happens is that uh, shit gets fucked up and the children die in very different ways in each of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people lose their minds. The children kill each other. Other people kill the children. Uh, that's, that's sort of the sort of the gist. Um, and I've mentioned before how there is a severe lack of uh, 
horror anime. Yes. So you have to really like latch on to whatever you can, you know, grab. Um, and this is a very long running series. Um, and so even though I don't think it's all that good, um, I, I think it's special just because of like how many different ways that they can keep telling the same exact story uh, <laughs> and killing these anime children. Why um why do you think there are so few horror anime? Because it is such a popular, you know, genre outside like in different mediums. So uh apparent I was I was doing a bit of um like Wikipedia bullshit uh the other night, and so I think it has to do with advertising and sponsorships. Oh, so, interesting. Um a lot of uh I don't know if this is true for all of Japanese television, but I don't see why it wouldn't be. But um anime uh would often have um direct sponsorships uh from companies and uh products uh directly that they would announce almost like um older style like american television would have uh like like you know direct sponsorships uh like you'd see this with like soap operas and things like that um you know uh in the early going of tv um and so i think that anything that is perhaps too edgy um wouldn't be able to attract sponsorships or advertising that the show would need in order to uh, have funding. Um, so I think that has something to do with it mm -hmm. um, because I was reading about a show um, that that I like a lot uh, called Ergo Proxy. Um, and I didn't realize that it was like basically the equivalent of a um, uh, like a cable show. Uh, and, and so like the Wikipedia article basically says that, uh, it was able to have the um, sort of bizarre esoteric themes that it has because it was on cable, essentially, and it didn't rely on any kind of sponsorship, um, which makes sense because it's not real. That show uh, is not like other anime. Like it doesn't have a uh, direct coherent plot and it deals with uh, fucking um, Gnosticism and... Um, you know, philosophical sci-fi. So, like, it's it's not um, an easy watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that has something to do with it. Um, and there are a lot of, like, the few horror anime that there are um, were part of, like, late-night blocks and things like that um, where they would have to fit into specific parameters that would be, uh, you know, make sense for programming. So I think that is a big part of it. Um yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So so anyway, um, so I was trying to watch the 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 um this revival season that came out in 2020. Um, and I had it downloaded because it wasn't originally available anywhere, but uh, I saw that it was on Hulu, and so I tried to watch it on Hulu, and it's also available dubbed on Hulu. Uh, so um, I tried to watch the sub. Uh, th there were no subtitles. <laughs> And I went to the settings and it's like, okay, yep, the audio Japanese, okay, subtitle, um, you could put on the Japanese subtitle for some reason. Um, and I had to turn on the English subtitle. It's like, okay, cool. I do that. Nothing, nothing at all. Uh, so then I like, you know, close the app or whatever, try to get it restarted. Uh, same shit. The subtitles just don't work. Like the video's playing, audio's going, it's just subtitles are non-functional. Um, so that was a no-go. So then I got to go back to my fucking pirate copy, um, which I was running into a weird glitch with the, the subs, uh, on Plex 
where if I paused or like had to fast forward or rewind, it would just completely glitch out and decide to play the episode at like 32 times speed. Oh, fun. Yeah. So that's obviously unwatchable. Um, and also, uh, so, so basically what I had to do if I wanted to watch that would be like play it and then sit still and pay complete attention to it and not move a muscle and hope that the, you know, nothing glitches out. I mean, you could do that or you could just like get through an entire season in 12 minutes. It would be, no, it'd be faster than like, it's not, it's not comprehensible. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, it's, it it was acting as if I was fast forwarding it. It was like going way too fast. Mm -hmm. Um, then the other problem was the subtitles that were baked into the copy that I got, the font was really bad. It was like in this comic sans, but it was like colored per character, which I don't have a problem if it's like color coded per character, that's fine. Whatever. I guess that's to help people that have a problem like picking up voices or something, um, which I, it, it makes sense in anime, right? Because normally uh, the, the, a good way to differentiate between characters is like their hair color. So like, it's true. you know, the, the subtitles are like color coded to their hair color, right? Um, but the, the font itself was just ridiculous. And I like, I, I, I couldn't look at it. It was, it was. It was really bad. <laughs> and since it was baked in, I couldn't just go into my font, you know, like my subtitle settings and like change it. Um, so that wasn't very good. So then I had to go find another copy <laughs> and see if like they just had like regular subtitle files that I would be able to manipulate on my own. Um, so that's what I was dealing with just to watch this one show. And then, of course, I realized that there was another season of this revival, um, which is a problem because Higurashi itself, there are lots of different seasons but like metadata databases like in English don't know the different seasons at right. all. Yeah. So they're all under uh, like Higurashi no Nakakoro ni, which is the first series. So they'll all get shuffled into that one series and layer on top of each other as if it's like all the same like 24 season series, even though they're drastically different, um, which is a big problem because the series is broken down into what they call question and answer arcs. And so how this goes in the series is that the question arcs are uh, something happens. There's like kind of a mystery in the town that you don't really know. um, And usually somebody gets murdered, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like in the town, like the events are concerning uh, this month. And what happens is uh, it's surrounding a, a festival that this town, this remote town is celebrating. Um, and so each arc is um, sort of uh, um, focusing on um, relationships between specific characters and how they sort of interact within the events of this festival um, that, that you don't get to see in one of the other arcs. And so you get a little slice of the larger picture within each arc. Um and then the answer arcs, each arc shows that same uh, question arc, but gives you even more information. And basically the answer arcs are like, well, this is why that person went insane and killed people. Mm-hmm. Usually <laughs> that's usually how it is. Um, so if they're all jumbled together, you can't you can't watch the show. There's no there's no way to do that, especially because each series is different, um, even though they're all kind of similar. But if you're mixing them up, the question and answer arcs, they're not going to actually match up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's another hard part about <laughs> the series. Uh, 
So I was dealing with that. Um, so all of this for a series that you've already admitted isn't isn't all that great. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, that's dedication. Yeah. Because it's like that's what I like, like. That's what I mean. It's like there's so few horror anime mm-hmm. that you like have to put up with this shit if you want to watch. You know, anime girls getting murdered. Like you have to. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like there there is good stuff, but uh, like within the series, you know, like there. And so like the f- the dub just wasn't an option for you over on over on Hulu. I can't do dubs. Okay, I can't. Even right. if it's good, I I can't. It's fair. Um, yeah, it's just it's just something I can't do. <laughs> yeah, it's a no go. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been dealing with. This this um this revival series is also pretty interesting because it is it's it, it originally positioned itself as a remake of the original um series. Mm-hmm. Whenever that is, it quickly becomes not the case. Like as early as the second episode. Um, where it's 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 putting a twist on some of those original arcs and um it's it's set up as if you already know the shit that uh that happens in those original series. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh so I'm I'm interested to see where it goes because it gets it gets complicated and um like like whenever you're dealing with uh it's not really a spoiler. Who gives a shit? Nobody's going to watch Higurashi. Um Whenever you're dealing with like uh, a series where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna re-examine like the same events like over and over and over again, um, like immediately it's like multiple timeline, you know, parallel universe shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like there was already that in the old series, and then in episode two, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, this one character is in a fucking uh, planar rift. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This external to the events that happen <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, like it, it's 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 kind of dumb, you know. And I it's mean, like, is is that sort of like the equivalent of like Marvel's like whole like multiverse thing, where it's just a, a way for them to tell different stories and still have it be within like a sort of continuity? Uh, or no, 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 no. This is more just a because this is like the same characters, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. This is this is more just a way for them to keep telling this same story over and over again with slight variations. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's a bit of Marvel's thing too, though. So, yeah, but like, uh, uh, like these differences are so slight mm-hmm. that it's like just certain things that characters say that are different oh wow like like we're talking very minute changes i see um yeah it's it's very it's very slight so even though the dialogue it's not like a it's not like a peter parker uh peter porker thing where he turns into a pig in a different in a different no 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 no. this is like um oh now they're saying that uh the curse in the town is being demoned away rather than spirited away by the demon and the differences between that terminology, what that means. <laughs> wow, that's that's in, that sounds like it's in the weeds. I mean, that's it gets really granular. <laughs> yeah, but like at the same time, the dialogue and the plots are like on on a micro level are like very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh, this character's upset that the one character didn't give her a doll, and so things spiral from there. Like it's not you know. Um, but then, like on a on a grand scheme, it's like how are all, are all these characters interacting, surrounding 
this one singular event of this town's festival. Um, and you get tiny slices in each arc of how these characters operate. Um, but then, of course, there's like dumb arcs like the uh, like the outbreak. Is that was that a series or a movie? I think it might have been a movie um, where it was just like everything was explained away by the town coming into contact with a virus that made them all go insane. Um, so, yeah, like there, so there's just like slight variations like that in each of the series. I mean, I'm kind of intrigued by the the structure of this whole thing, but you're probably you're probably making it sound more interesting than it really is. Maybe I am. I don't know. I don't know how to, uh, you know, I, I, I think the original is probably also on Hulu. Yeah. Um, but it might not be because I think I had to download it also because I wanted to rewatch it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, the only problem is, is that if you get into it, there's so much of it and the the uh, like the taxonomy of it is so confusing because <laughs> like the sequel series is Higurashi no Nakakoro ni Kai and then there's also Ray. Uh, it's like the, the 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 naming of it is so ridiculous because like in in English it's just known oh yeah it's the Higurashi series and then it's like oh yeah but it, but it's uh, but the full English title is Higurashi when they cry but. In Japan, the the full title when translated is "When the Cicadas Cry," and so like it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just, just the naming alone is so convoluted. Would I need a notebook? You might need a notebook. Yeah, you might need a notebook. Um, so yeah, so that's my subtitle problems. Um, but then at the same time, I watched. Uh, th- this show has been pretty popular uh, this past season. I don't usually watch the new stuff. Um. But this just ended, so I I watched the whole goddamn thing. Um, have you heard of My Dress Up, Darling? Um, yeah, I think I've seen it just like in passing, but I haven't I haven't like checked it out or anything. Yeah, um, it's just nice. Uh huh. You know, it's just nice. <laughs> Which you know, compared to what you were just talking about, sounds like a, a nice change of pace. Yeah, compared to a scene where um, an anime girl uh, uh, purposefully impales her head on a rusty spike sticking out of a wall. Um, this is just <laughs> nice, you know? <laughs> it's just nice. Um, it's it's a rom-com anime. Uh, it's got a, a very basic setup. You know, a guy that doesn't have any friends, but his hobby is making these um, very ornate um, dolls. Uh, like, it's the family business passed down from his grandfather. Um, and through happenstance, he comes in contact with the popular girl, um, and, and sh- her hobby is cosplay, but she doesn't, she's not able to make the cosplay outfits. And so, uh, he, he says that he'll make cosplay outfits for her. And so it's, it's their relationship from there and like all about, uh, cosplay and the outfits and shit like that. And, uh, and they're not related to each other. The, they're, they're not related. <laughs> nope. Nothing, nothing weird. Uh-huh. You know, well, I mean, there's, uh, it's, it's. It's anime, so yeah, there's gonna be some weird stuff. Well, sure, you know? yeah, but it does sound nice. Uh, though. It's just, it's just nice, you know. Uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a nice relationship thing. It's not mm-hmm. even any, you know. Um, so yeah, and the way it ends, it seems like there's gonna be more, um, just based off of how it ends and its popularity. So sure. Um, I don't even, yeah, I don't even have a lot to say about it. It's just, it's just, if you, if you need something light, you can just throw it on. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Nothing, yeah, nothing we. Nothing weird. There's no predators. There's no. There's no incest. It's just yeah. It's just fine. 
you were talking about like how like these shows some of them have sponsors Mm -hmm. and i was wondering like if if citrus had any yeah yeah and like what that what that sponsorship would be i have no clue i have no idea yeah well who sponsored the grooming show Who, who was up for that wait which one's that the the one I was talking about with the the ten year age gap that fucking oh thing. oh yeah um right 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 yeah we'll be talking about an age gap later on oh <laughs> we definitely will oh yeah stay tuned um mm-hmm. but uh but while we're here uh I, I do want to touch on the fucking Final Fantasy fourteen uh, live letter that happened at seven a.m. this morning um which th- this happens every time I I don't set an alarm. I, I didn't even go to bed early or anything, but it's like something stirred, something stirred in the back of my head. It's like, oh, you should get up right now. And so I was up for it. Uh, I did fall asleep like during it, so I didn't watch the whole thing, which was fine because I didn't miss anything. Um, but yeah, the, the 6.1 live letter that we've been waiting, we've been waiting for content for months now. Um, they announced that the patch is finally, finally coming on the 12th. So about two weeks and thank fucking God. Mm-hmm. The only the only bummer is, is that they're like, oh, yeah, we got all this shit coming. You know, we got new quest series, um, all these daily activities, blah, 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 blah. Like half the shit isn't actually coming on the 12th. What they do is they split up content into sub patches. So this is the 6.1 patch. And some of the shit is coming in 6.15, which doesn't have a date on it. Uh, some of the shit is coming on 6.1x where they're not even that that doesn't even have a fucking patch attached to it so that's coming whenever um well if they release it all at once then you then you'd have things to do well sure but then you do those things and then you're waiting even longer for the next one that's what that's what's going to happen anyway fair yeah true <laughs> it's kind of a it's frustrating right yeah that's what's going to happen with what's released um but the things that they're withholding are like um literally a, a daily quests that you'd be doing anyway every day uh and then weekly crafting quests that you'd be doing weekly so withholding those there's no there's no difference since that's time gated content so what what do you do currently like right now i know that you raid on the weekends and that takes up a handful of hours are you doing like daily stuff every day do you have a reason to log in on like a, a, a random weekday uh no okay if if you if you cared about uh gearing alternate classes you would be logging in and doing your expert roulette Mm. which is just matchmaking for three level 90 dungeons that are the same there's only three level 90 dungeons so you'd get one of those three and that would be it i see because so you're getting a currency for that so you could buy gear with that currency but if you've been doing that since December, well, you've been doing that since December and you're fucking tired of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I have not done that seriously since, I don't know, early February when I needed it for my main job. Is this is this how MMOs typically work? I feel like MMOs are supposed to keep you invested and interested in playing like constantly, like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Their design philosophy, which they repeat over and over and is used by their most ardent defenders as some kind of selling point of the game, is that we want you to take breaks and be able to play other things. Ah, yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. That's right. Um... But there is a difference between feeling like you have to play something and wanting to play 
something and not being able to. Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a difference between, like, a restrictive gear treadmill where you have to play every day, otherwise you're going to be left behind, and being starved for content and not being able to hop on and do something because there's nothing to do. Like... Yeah, it's like they need to find a balance and they're they're on the it's like a spectrum and they're on the other the far side of the spectrum. Like you need you need something to be able to to the, the way that they've prioritized content is so bizarre. Like we there's they're adding new a new dungeon system which seems like it would be really engaging and something that we can do like repeatedly, you know. Uh that's not coming until I think 6.2 or 6.3. Mm-hmm. Which 6.2 is not until like September, maybe. But that's something that we can do for the rest of the expansion. So why wasn't that prioritized earlier? As Like it's a new system. This is a new expansion. Why aren't we getting that earlier? Um, and I saw a streamer I watched talking about this. And this is like they echoed my thoughts that I already had, which I was talking to my sister about. It's like this is a new expansion. And it feels like absolutely nothing changed from the last one whatsoever. Um, most yeah, that, jobs like barely changed. Right. Uh, there, there were no like drastic systems changes whatsoever. Um, aside from just getting the new story and, you know, the dungeons and the new raid, th- th- this doesn't feel like a new expansion at all. Um, which is strange because the last expansion drastically changed, uh, gameplay systems. The jobs drastically changed for the most part, like most of them at least, um, and it felt like a new experience, and this doesn't. So, what what is this moment like for Final Fantasy streamers? Like, what are they doing? Because they're that's, not. Oh, they're not. They're <laughs> okay. not. Um, there are some that are still like bleeding, like you know, trying to get blood from a stone, um, and like trying to make their own fun and like trying to set challenges for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are a lot of the ones that I watch who are like mostly raiders. Uh, who are just not playing the game because there's nothing for them to do. They've done the raid to death already. Um, they're waiting for the ultimate raid, which uh, is not coming on Tuesday. It's going to come, I think, two weeks after Tuesday. So it's like another month. Um, and yeah, there's there's nothing for them to do. And if you look at the the like the, the Twitch numbers specifically, like the, this is reflected in that. Um, and of course, like. The game, the game is so great if you're catching up because there is so much fucking content. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you see all these former WoW streamers that are making tons of content about how great the story is. But it's like, okay, I keep seeing a lot of these people, like, because I get the YouTube recommendations, even though I don't watch that content. Uh, a lot of them are getting close to the end here. And it's like, all right, well, now you're going to see. That's it. You've got nothing left. Like, have <laughs> you noticed? Sitting around waiting. Have you know? Is there like a common thing that these streamers will sort of like switch over to, like maybe like a Lost Ark or something? Um, one of the streamers I watched did like switch over to Lost Ark, but that's a streamer that plays like three or four MMOs. Like that oh, dude's wow. nuts. Um, uh, a lot of people played Elden Ring. You know, um, yeah, it's, uh, it 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 depends. Um, a lot of them are just waiting around for there to be content in 14. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's so strange, right? Cause like, you know, you've said before the game has never been more popular Mm -hmm. and yet, and I guess for a lot of the people, they are still catching up because there's probably hundreds and hundreds of hours to actually get to this point where you have nothing to do. But like, 
I don't know. It's just weird, right? Because mm-hmm. there is, it's like this this void, and yet the game is is so massively popular. Yeah, and then like this is this is a, this was a streamer I was watching. They were saying this like the last expansion didn't feel like this after launch, mm-hmm. but like like where there was almost immediately nothing to do. Like it like everything everything feels stale right now. Where even though this is like the same, if you if you go like line by line, this is the same amount of content that was there at Shadowbringers launch. It didn't feel as stale because most of the jobs changed drastically. So people were still trying to figure out the, you know, kinks of the jobs. They were trying, you know, different play styles, like all these different things. The way it is now, the jobs are basically the same as they were last expansion. So you already know your role so well. You're 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 as good as it's going to get, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're at a high level, which I don't consider myself to be at a high level, but I'm I'm doing hard content. Um, so you're kind of you're kind of tapped out. Uh, and even the the new jobs, like, so they introduced a new healer, and I I was begging them to release a new healer. Um, I haven't even leveled it to ninety yet. I got it to like eighty five or something, eighty seven. Um, mostly because it plays identically to all the other healers except it's kind of overpowered mm-hmm. because it just has like it it has too many healing tools like but other than that it plays identically to the other healers so it's like oh i've played this three times over yeah that's not exciting that's not it's not fresh no and the other job is is reaper it's melee so and it's a lot of fun people enjoy that but i don't really play melee um so like it it, it just feels really stale right now um and they're not doing anything to shake it up and the things that could potentially shake it up, they deprioritized for a, that's almost a year into the expansion, um, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a bizarre time. Um, and th- for whatever reason, the the, the job balancing is it, it, it. Frankly, it doesn't make sense right now. Um, so they announced changes to jobs. Uh they keep reworking Ninja for some reason. Um, they had to rework it twice last expansion. It got reworked at release, reworked midway through. They changed it completely. It was like the one job that got completely changed at the launch of this expansion for some reason, even though it was working at the end of last expansion. Uh, so then it didn't work uh, in December at launch. Um, so then they had to fix it at the first patch. And now they're completely changing it again mm. where so ninja's big thing is that it applies a debuff to uh a target where uh the rest of your party members uh do more damage to that target uh, it's called a trick attack it's like it's it's big thing you bring a ninja for trick attack now they're uh completely changing trick attack to only be a self debuff for the ninja and then they're changing another ability mug to be trick attack for some reason, but that's going to be on two minutes instead of sixty seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know why they're doing this. The way the game works right now is that literally everything is on a two minute. This is good. This I know this is in the weeds. I know this is really in the weeds. <laughs> everything right now is on a two minute burst. Uh-huh. So all your damage is done basically every two minutes, where all your raid buffs come up every two minutes. Um, and for me, this is really fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way that some jobs work is that they have s- slight 60 second burst and then heavy two minute burst. Uh, and so Ninja was, it had slight 60 second burst. And so now they're changing it to be like most jobs where it has 
two minute burst. And so now most jobs kind of feel the same where you save everything for that two minute burst. And it's, <laughs> I, th I don't play Ninja, I don't play Melee, but I think it's really fucking boring the way that you have to save everything for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like you even do it on healer now. Like as an Astro, I have to save my fucking Lord of Crowns for two minute burst. And it's it, the, the fact that I have to play like six cards for two minute windows in in a in a in a I don't know eight second window with light speed is like going to give me carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just it, it's not interesting at all. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not very happy with the game right now. Is, yeah, is yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, especially coming off of an announcement that you were waiting for. It's like, oh, this, this could maybe be a jolt to, you know, to mm -hmm. the game, but it doesn't sound like it. It's like the, the annoying thing is, is like Tuesday will bring content. There's going to be the Alliance raid. There will be a new fucking dungeon, mm -hmm. uh, even though that's just going to go back into the expert roulette and knock one of the other ones out of the expert roulette. So we'll, the way that they do the expert roulette is really stupid, too. So. The way that the expert roulette is, is that it's the three level 90 dungeons right now. Um, whenever they introduce the new one, they will split it into two level 90s will be the expert roulette. Then they will create another roulette that'll be the other two. And they'll call that level 90 roulette. And so for the rest of the expansion, every time they release a new dungeon, the, new, the newest two will be an expert. And then the other one will get bumped down into level 90 roulette. Mm -hmm. um, so expert is only ever a 50-50 flip between two dungeons every single day. <laughs> it's really fucking boring. Yeah, man. It's really boring. <laughs> and it's the most optimal way to get the currency that you need for gear. Of course. And it's really fucking boring. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they do that. I don't. But anyway, that's enough about 14. <laughs> and... More about some more JRPGs. Yes. JRPGs. So I, you know, I got problems. You, you know this. Anybody listens knows this. Um, so I finished SMT five not that long ago. Um, and so I've kind of been uh, paralyzed by a a a wealth of choices on what what JRPG I'm gonna play next. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought I would go to one of those like wheel generation sites. <laughs> <laughs> and put my options in a wheel and just let fate decide. Let the oh, collective terrific. unconscious sort of, uh, you know, leave it up to that. Um, and so I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Let's see. I have seven choices here that I put into the wheel. Uh, and so I, I figured I'd go over these choices and sort of um, go over like uh, my reasoning for them. Are you spinning um, on the show? I'll spin on the show, yeah. Oh, man, uh, this is exciting. So I think it should give a sound. Uh, unfortunately, nobody can see it except for me. But um, all right. So um, so first up is uh, Tales of Berseria. Um, I've had this for a long time. I started it. I, I got maybe like a couple hours in. Uh, I have this on PS4. Um, so the problem is I also have Tales of Arise on PS5. Oh, that's the um, latest one, right? Yeah. Uh, much like a lot of these JRPG series, uh, they're totally separate entries. They don't have anything in common with each other. Uh, different worlds, different characters. Um, but I know I'm not going to want to go back to like the older system if I play the new one. Uh, so I'd like to get the like that earlier game out of the way. Um, so that's that's that option. 
I played uh, uh, I played like um, a decent amount of which one was it? Tales of Vesperia. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, because that came out on Nintendo Switch a couple of years ago. It was like a right, 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 sort of like remastered version of the the original, and it was it was very good. I, I enjoyed what I played of it. Um, although I don't think I got the proper experience because this Switch version came with like a bunch of like in-game items that you could just basically like boost your characters way beyond the level that they're supposed to be at uh, so i kind of like ruined the sort of like uh scaling i guess of the mm-hmm. of the game but uh but you know that's that's totally optional that, that was on me fun game yeah. though uh cool characters and everything yeah yeah, yeah I, I i liked the uh the main character of berseria i just um for whatever reason i didn't continue playing after like the, the intro sequence mm-hmm. so next up is uh bravely default uh, and now this is this is another situation where I have the new game on Switch uh, unopened. Yeah, <laughs> but Not I surprising. never, I never finished the first game. I'm like, I think I'm in like chapter four or five out of six. Um, and then I never played um, Bravely Second, which was the sequel to the first game, which is not Bravely Default Two because why would that make sense? Of course. But yeah, so that's on uh, 3DS. Um, that see, this is the other problem is that I I have all these scattered over different systems. Yeah. Um, which is also part of my problem choosing is that I don't know what I want to play on. Um, so yeah. Uh, next is Scarlet Nexus. I just picked this up recently on a bundle, uh, and so I have this on PC. I played a bit of that. Uh, it was Did on you? game. It was yeah. on Game Pass. I think it left oh, nice. Game Pass recently, but uh, yeah, also also quite fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 so this week I just, since I got in a bundle, I played the, um, just the tutorial and like I got to the first place I could save and then I quit. Um, not for any particular reason. I just want to stop playing a game at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, uh, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna roll your eyes. Really? Um, next one is SMT5, uh, like a, like a speed run of it. I because... feel like that should just be removed from the wheel. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because, so, I, I might have told you this, I, I didn't say it on the show. So I finished the game, um, but I fucked up, and I didn't get the true neutral ending to SMT5. Uh, because, alright, so, I I satisfied all the requirements for the true neutral ending, including beating the super boss, Shiva, and, like, doing all of these stupid side quests. Um... But I entered, like, I took a step into the final area too soon and backed out and then beat the super boss and did all the side quests, which, so I did everything. I just did it in the wrong order, and I didn't know that. Um, And so the way SMT5 works is that New Game Plus, you can either restart with, um, like, just your demon compendium, or you can restart with your level and your demons and the demon compendium and Mm -hmm. all your upgrades. So you could just basically be overpowered until the end of the game. So you can just charge right through the entire game. Um, so it wouldn't take me that long. So that's why it's on here. Uh, <laughs> I swear, if it lands on that, that's just like fate. I mean, that, you <laughs> I know. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, next is Final Fantasy 13 2. Um, I finished 13, I guess in the fall. I Yeah, because I had originally played it on 360 back when it came out and I never finished it. And so then I bought it on PC on a sale and then finished it up in the fall. Now, and what then, is what is Lightning Returns? 
that is the third game in the trilogy, oh, Final okay. Fantasy thirteen. Because that just <laughs> yeah. randomly that just randomly landed on Game Pass recently. I think I think the whole trilogy should be on Game Pass. The whole thing, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. So that's on here. Um, I also have Final Fantasy nine, which I have on Switch. Um, because whenever my Switch was nice and shiny, I purchased Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy eight, and Final Fantasy nine on mm-hmm. there. Um, and I played through seven and eight on the Switch. And I haven't played through nine on there yet. Uh, so that is an option. Um, and then this last one, The World Ends With You, which is also on Switch. Um, because I have The World Ends With You Neo on PS4, but I would need to play the first game first to play the sequel. So That's the famous uh, crossover with The Matrix, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Um, no, but that game looks very, very stylish. Yeah, it is. I've yeah, always been curious about distinct, that one. Yeah, very distinct art style, and it's got like a um, um like rhythm based uh, combat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've I've wanted to play it for a while, and this remastered version is on Switch. So, um, it's 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 weird. The remaster is like only on Switch, I think, but then Neo is also on PS4 and maybe maybe other systems as well. Um, so those are the options. Uh, and yeah, I will, I will abide by the wheel. I will, uh, you know, do what fate dictates. So I guess we should just do this. Here we go. Now, how is this going to sort of, uh, translate to audio? So you say there's a noise, but. It says it's going to make a sound. I don't, it should, I, you know. Okay. But will we be able to identify anything with that sound or will you just have to tell us which one it landed on? I'll have to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, here we go. Not much of a sound. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was not expecting the clapping. Um, the winner is Scarlet Nexus. Okay. Oh, All interesting. Right. So you're uh, sticking to this then? I'm sticking to it. I'm, I'm going to abide by the wheel. Uh, you're not going to believe what it, uh, what almost won. Oh, I, I believe it. I think I have a good idea. Um, no, but I'll, I'll be curious uh, your thoughts on Scarlet Nexus. I think the com- I think the combat system is is pretty pretty unique, pretty interesting. So I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I got I got a taste of that just in the tutorial. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I am curious to dig in. Um, yeah, SMT five did almost win. Of course. Uh, just- <laughs> I was about to say rigged, but. <laughs> But no, yeah, Scarlet Nexus. All right, so I will I will report back soon, uh, get some thoughts, and mercifully, that is the end of this uh, super packed did it all for the Moogle. Yeah, I've got to say I like that system. I might steal the wheel spinning system for um, for books because I really have okay. a tough time sometimes deciding sure. between what to read next. Yeah, I, I've been I've been stuck for a while because. Uh, like I can play like different games that have um like contrasting styles. So like I can play a JRPG and Elden Ring at the same time, you know. Um sure. But uh, like I can't play like, you know, different shooters at the same time, for example, right? You know, I I'd get them mixed up. By the way, um so I know we're done with the JRPG segment. Can I just quickly mm-hmm. mention something? I was going to talk about this last week, but in the video game realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you followed all what's, what's, I doubt you have, but like what's been going on with Fortnite? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I asked that. <laughs> but um, no, they've had an interesting few weeks. Uh, so yeah. their latest season started about a week and a half ago. And usually you get like some teasers, some buildup, some, some promotional material, you know, leading up to that season. 
Mm-hmm. Um, none of that happened with this one, and and that was kind of strange. Um, all anybody had to go off of was the end date of the the current season to give us an idea of when the new one would begin, because there was no there was nothing. It was like radio silence from that. Right. And um, the reason, the speculation, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is this is why, is because it's heavily war-themed. They've introduced, uh. yeah, they've introduced, like, tanks and, like, armored vehicles and all sorts of, of like, military-esque stuff into the game for this season. Um, and, you know, of course, with, with real-world events, the, the timing couldn't have been worse. Yeah, but I mean... Call of Duty's humming along, like I, oh for it's, sure. It's a, it's a shooty game. Like it, this is, I don't know, man. Yeah, well, I I think their response to it, you know, Epic has done a lot of questionable things in the past, but I think their response to it has been great. So what they decided to do was they they sort of launched quietly launched the season without any real fanfare, and they announced that for the first two weeks of the season, up until I guess this it'll be ended by the time this podcast is released, but any proceeds um that uh epic makes for the first two weeks of the season will go directly towards um supporting ukraine okay and so that translates into of course a shit ton of money like the last time i checked yeah. it was like almost a hundred thousand dollars i mean a hundred hundred million dollars yeah i was gonna say yeah. um yeah a hundred million dollars and i'm sure that number has gone even higher so that that's pretty cool you know mm-hmm. um but uh, as far as the game itself, uh, one thing that they've really, um, I think, has gotten a lot of people back into Fortnite is they got rid of building. Isn't isn't that kind of the whole? It, yeah, deal? that's 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 kind of the whole deal, right? You would think it's it's called Fortnite, right? It's 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 right yeah. there in the name. You would think because building is the the thing that really sets it apart from from most other games. Um, so yeah, like there is a narrative, uh, explanation. No, there's not. No, though there is. No, there's not. <laughs> It's no, not, a, not. It's not. It's not a very uh, clever one, but there is a narrative explanation for this. Um, but basically, the season started and the building mechanic was removed from the game. Um, in its place, they introduced a sort of like tactical sprint, like a stamina based sprint. Um, in addition to uh, a new slide mechanic, which was introduced the previous season, um, and something called mantling, which is sort of like a parkour, like alternative to like scaling like buildings and 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 basically like you know getting on top of structures and whatnot. Where in the past you would build, you know, build to get to mm-hmm. those areas. Now you can just basically do like Apex Legends style like parkour. Um, so they've 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 replaced building with some really interesting mechanics and. Like it's still building still exists in the competitive mode. This is all a, this is all just the standard like battle royale separate from the ranked competitive mode, which still has just everything that it always did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. Like I've been playing this game more in the past couple of weeks than I have in, in a long time because um, it really does appeal to the the casual player that is not going to spend hours and hours mastering the the building mechanics which is like the by far the largest uh skill gap in the game Mm. um so i'm having a blast with it and it seems like the general reaction across the internet has been has been positive to it as well like a lot of big name streamers who used to play fortnite and and like ventured away from it have now gone back just to check out the game and, and, and sort of this new like status quo. Um, and it seems because of that reaction, it's going to be like a permanent thing. Like they're probably going to bring back building alongside of it and it'll just be like mm-hmm. a permanent game mode 
and you can choose between the two. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm loving it. Like I've, I've, I feel like I'm on a level playing field now. Whereas before, cause like knowing that I'm, I'm, it's cross play, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm undoubtedly going up against people on PC and building, you know, on mouse and keyboard is is such an advantage compared to controller. Um, and so now I just feel like I'm on a level playing field. I feel like it's really like it, it's it's strange, right? Like it's the thing that's been the most refreshing about this game is taking away its core mechanic. Right. right but right. Um, but yeah, it's been it, it, it's been it's been fun. Um, kind of a bold move, you know? Yeah. Kind of a bold move taking away the thing that makes your game unique, but they've they've replaced it with some some pretty cool mechanics. Like it it's it's a testament to how well this game plays just on like a, a, a base level. Like you can take that away and you still have a very satisfying and fun battle royale game. I, I mean, it's because it's just a basic third person shooter. Um, I mean, it is, but I feel like the map is by far the most interesting map of any Battle Royale. Like, there's always new things popping up all the time. There's so much to do, so much to, like, discover on it. Um, they got a Mogus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've just, I'm having a good time with it. Um, I was going to ask if, if you might be interested in, in diving back in again now that that it's... sort of skill gap has been has been erased, but... It's pretty funny. Uh, like I uninstalled like of maybe course. a week or a week, a week or two ago. Yes, because <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not touching this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it it wouldn't, you know, take very long to reinstall. Sure. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. So like, no, I'm just, you know, I thought I'd mention it because like, if if you if you're someone who has been sort of like turned away by the complexity of building in this game, and you you see like videos, of, honestly, like, these... that 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 isn't what turns me off. <laughs> Sure, there's plenty of plenty of things that Epic as a company is sort of, you know, yeah. done in that regard. But I mean, it's I'm having a, I'm having a good time with it. If this also means that there's less fucking Fortnite advertisements and promotions in my face, you know. Oh, I don't I'll, I don't I'll, know if that'll be the I'll case. I mean, they're well, you said they're not promoting this whole fucking thing. Well, they are now. Oh, that- <laughs> they just weren't. It was in the lead up to it, and I think their their solution to donate to Ukraine is sort of like taking away their guilt of of um, or maybe like the the potential bad optics of the the war themed events, right? You saw that uh, Nintendo delayed that uh, tactics game that they had. Oh, right? did they really? Yeah, because yeah. So there you go. There's there another also example. tanks. Mm-hmm. But it's like, come on, <laughs> come on. And then here's Call of Duty uh, announcing like their Snoop Dogg DLC, and they're just like chilling, doing everything they always do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that's been fun. Um, you know, I've been gravitating more towards Fortnite as the player base for NHL continues to dwindle, and uh, <laughs> I play the same five people over and over again. Oh boy, it's movie time. Um, Is it okay? Yeah, and uh, we got we got a piece of uh, email here. Um, Ooh. And uh, so, yeah, we got a dead letter. Uh, this came in this morning, early this morning, um, earlier than I was up for the <laughs> fucking Final Fantasy presentation. Um, so this came in from Nancy, the only person who cares about the quality of this fucking program. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So thank you for writing in. Um, hiya. Uh, and this is this is OK. This is a dead letter, but this also might be a dead wrong. So, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> hiya. Uh, no way, guys. No way you disrespected 1917 like that. I'd argue to say it's an anti-war movie. 
Uh, I thought it was a regular gross war movie too, but I watched it in theaters back when I cared about watching all the movies nominated for Oscars and it blew my mind. Uh, even just the filmed in, uh, quote, one continuous shot gimmick uh, should warrant a viewing. It's beautifully done and the score is amazing, uh, parentheses here, uh, and should have won uh, best score, by the way, instead of that cello recital soundtrack from The Joker, but I digress. If you have the time, I hope you can give it a chance. Uh, feel free to talk smack about it if you hated it, or thank me if you liked it, smiley face. Thanks, Nancy. Uh, thank you for writing in. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know the details about the movie. I just <laughs> I just downloaded it because it was, you know, so getting all this, that buzz. This is what we get for talking shit about a movie we haven't seen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it turns out uh, Don't Look Up is actually really, really insightful. And, uh... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah I so think I, we should we should try not to do that um, from now on. Yeah, I think. Do, do we have a movie for next week then? Um, Nineteen Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, I to be honest, I couldn't even tell you anything about the Joker, the music in Joker. I mean, like, I hate everything about that movie. So, <laughs> but and like, I, I have seen I that one. Yeah, and I, I can talk tell all you, the shit about Joker. I couldn't tell you anything. I remember he dances on the stairs. Mm -hmm. And in the and in the bathroom, but I couldn't tell you anything about the music that happens. Yeah, like, no. It wasn't it wasn't it just licensed stuff. Like wasn't it like Frank Sinatra? No, I'm sure there was like an original score of some sort, yeah, but it okay. definitely wasn't memorable. Uh, yeah, no, not at all, not at all. Um, so so next week then, 1917. Next next week, 1917. It's all right, on the calendar. All right, yeah, I already got it downloaded, so I just. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we do have a, uh, another movie. Uh, we got licorice pizza coming up. Uh, but before that, um, let's hear from Mr. Lynch. That's beautiful cinema. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know oh, I how we it. didn't, I don't know how we didn't come up with that segment name like months ago, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, we got Paul Thomas Anderson here. Um, if, do you want to, do you want to take it away? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is an interesting one. Um, coming into this podcast, even right now, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about this movie, uh -huh. but, uh, and, and, and prior to this, that was not something I felt about a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Every, every film he's made has, has really just like, like blown me away in, in, in some form or another. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm a huge fan of his, but this one in particular is a little bit, it's a little bit interesting and, and I'm, I'm curious what you think about it. So basically we're back into the 1970s, the San Fernando Valley. Um, if you've seen Boogie Nights, the the aesthetic here is 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 pretty familiar. Mm -hmm. um, and this movie stars uh, Alana Hyam from the band Hyam, as well as uh, which I didn't know this going. I knew she was the star of it, but I didn't know that. Um, her actual sisters and her actual parents were playing her sisters and her parents in this film. Yeah, like they got the whole bunch. They yeah. got the whole family, um, which Paul Thomas Anderson has had. He He's known them, I think, for, for a very long time. Like he's directed some of their music videos and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So um, and it also this movie also stars uh, Cooper Hoffman, son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, um, is that why he kind of looked familiar? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you have two first-time actors in lead roles here, and so they're they develop a friendship, uh, you could call it, um, <laughs> uh, in the seventies. And this movie is very much just like you know coming of age, like running around all over the place, uh, just like doing stuff, you know, yeah. feeling things, having experiences. Like it's very much a 
a very fluid sort of screenplay. Um, yeah, I, I I almost don't know where to start. Um, so what what did you think about about this movie? And do do we want to start off with the elephants in the in the room? <laughs> Let's start off with the fact that this is a relationship between a twenty five year old woman. And a 15-year-old boy. I'd actually say it's a bit worse than that because she says she's 25, but then there's a scene where later on where somebody asks her age and she's like 28 and then she likes, she's like, oh, no, I mean, I mean 25. So I think she's really 28. I think she was lying about Ooh, her, her age. I thought she was. I thought she was trying to seem older in the moment. Oh, that could be. That could be. Yeah. Either way. Either way. It's not. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> Uh, which, which, by the way, that mirrors the actual ages of the actors as well. Because I think uh, Cooper Hoffman is is fifteen, and I know uh, I am is like somewhere okay, in thirty. Okay. Um, I figured that he was the actor was older than the character just mm-hmm. because. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so this is this has been pretty much the main, if you want to call it a controversy, surrounding the uh-huh. film, uh, the point of contention here. Uh, and, and, you know, considering where the film ends, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I don't, I almost don't know how to, because this is such an intentional thing, right? Because yes. throughout the film, it's it's made just very, very clear. And it's, it's, it's referenced many times, the ages yeah. of these, these two characters. And it's... And I know part of that is because, like, you have this this character who's 15, but he's, like, running businesses. And he's, like, sort of acting older than he really is, right? And then you have yeah. Alana Heim's character who's pushing 30, but she's very much stuck. And she's yes. not, like, satisfied with where she is in life. And she feels like she feels like she's, she's younger than she is, essentially. And right. so you have these characters that are sort of, like... Like it's it's it, it the, the age difference it very much is ingrained in like the arcs of the characters, right? But it's mm-hmm. doesn't make it any less odd of a choice. Yeah. Um so I, I think that the distinction like yeah, I agree hundred percent. Like this is clearly about the arc of these characters and um particularly Alana who is constantly like disappointed by the world Mm -hmm. right um whether that is these job opportunities or like all these different men that she's meeting and is you know just something is constantly disappointing her like she's she's so hopeful and bright-eyed or whatever you want to say and then is disappointed and then she turns and then there's this fucking kid right Mm -hmm. um but on on the one hand it's like okay well, why do these two need to be in a romantic relationship? Uh, and then it's like, all right, well, what does what does that say about the characters then? Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, I don't think that this is an endorsement, right? Um, and I don't think that it's a criticism either. So then, what what is it? What is the relationship which does become romantic? What is it actually doing then? Yeah, and I, I've, I've, sorry. I, um, no, my, my whole point is like, I don't know if I have an answer and I don't think the film necessarily provides one. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard the response to this film. Like I've heard people say like, this is a type of relationship that would happen a lot, especially in the decade that this movie takes place. And yeah, I, I don't think it's an endorsement of it either. It's sort of just a portrayal. Yeah. 
Um, I guess the argument then becomes, is it is it worthwhile or is it harmful to portray a relationship like this on screen, especially when it's not like condemned or the sort of harmful aspects of it aren't really explored in any way? Um, and these, right. these two characters do have such a... a an interesting dynamic that it's like yeah there really are no negative effects portrayed on on the character of gary played by cooper hoffman right like this is not like Mm -hmm. a predatory relationship on screen Mm -hmm. it's not portrayed as one yeah well like there's an internal conflict happening with alana's character like she just outright says like why am i hanging out with these kids and she's like struggling with that for like the first half hour 45 minutes of the movie yeah but i think there are moments where she takes advantage of the fact that he's so young like she does does, she she def yeah she definitely knows better Mm -hmm. she shows him her tits like yeah that's she she does happen she she wants she wants uh she wants to stay in his good graces, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't think that she is, you know, uh, like grooming him completely, right? But I, I do think she's aware of, you know, the dynamic that she has over him. I think maybe the age difference is minimized by the movie because of the sort of maturity levels of both the characters. No, totally. Yeah. Um. I, I do think that it is worth mentioning uh, there 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 might be a, a double standard going on like re- reverse reverse the genders here mm-hmm. and imagine how even further creeped out we would be immediately um immediately. I mean I don't I I feel like I personally was creeped out either way but okay. But yeah, I think I think the 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 um, sort of larger narrative surrounding the film might have been more focused in on that if it was gender swapped, right? Because um, because we're already saying it's like, well, it's it's about her maturity and blah 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 blah. It's like, no, she's an adult, right? She should know better. She says that it's illegal, like in the in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and so if if we keep everything but swap the genders of the characters, uh, you know, in our in our in our horrible horrible fanfic. Uh, then it's like, no, go to jail. Do not pass go. Right. But, but we're kind of, uh, kind of, uh, excusing bits of this. Right. And I don't know if that's because we see, we see it as less dangerous because she's a woman or I, I don't know, but like, I, I feel like there's a bit of that going on here. And I think that is due to the way that the dynamic is portrayed in, in the film and, yeah, I, I don't think it would be the case if if it was reversed. Well, are we excusing anything, or are we just like describing what the film is doing? I I think I think this is a, a, a bias that we unconsciously have. Okay. And I think that's a, a bias that a good portion of the audience probably has. Mm-hmm. It's like look like look at this. You, you know, oh, oh, he's fifteen, but you know, he's kind of mature. He's acting older. It's like. Yeah, this could work, you know, like like all that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. That people could come up with, the, the, like maybe the the movie is providing a basis for it, but like there are a lot more excuses for their dynamic than uh, a dude, you know, a twenty five year old dude hanging out with a fifteen year old, right? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, at the same time, though, we are still like we haven't even really talked about the movie outside of this relationship yet. Because, so it is it is still the thing that stands out um, right. above everything else, good or bad. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I see what you're saying though. Like yeah, the, this is this is the exact same dynamic as that fucking anime. Like eight, you know, the age gap wise, like the the ten year age gap. The 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 difference there is the the reverse genders and the uh the the grooming and pursuit by the older man. You mm-hmm. know, um. Do you so, think this this film works as a friendship comedy? I think it, I think it would have. Like there are so many moments where she's just acting like an older sister. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 ending itself, and really like spoilers, whatever that. It doesn't affect the the rest of the film. I, at least I don't think it does. Um, like where it's like almost eighty yard in, where she says, "I love you, Gary." You know, uh, like it was just like it felt so tacked on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like well, I was what? rooting against it. I, I had a feeling it was coming, and I was rooting against it. No, me too. No, you have these completely. two characters. You have these two characters who are running. It, it's such like a classic movie thing with two characters running down the street towards each other. And of course it's Paul Thomas Anderson. So it's all just like elevated and it's like brilliantly done. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, like whispering to myself, friendship comedy, friendship comedy. Like just let this yeah. end in a reasonable place. Um, but no. Yeah. Like, like whenever they are running into each other and then they slip and collide, I was like, oh, okay, that'd be a good stop right there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be funny. All right, cool. It's like, they keep trying to connect and like flirt around this, but it doesn't fucking work, you know? Like that's your ending. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect. That's the perfect symbol for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But no, <laughs> no, another, and and, and again, like, that argument about this type of thing happening because it, it does happen. Yeah, and it, it <laughs> especially happened back then. And it's like, okay, so is that something worth portraying on screen? I don't know because I think another another controversial thing about this movie has been the um, the racist scenes with and I forget the actor's name who played him, but the guy who runs the restaurant, the Japanese themed restaurant. Yeah, the the, and, the guy that's. He's in everything. Like he's a character actor. But um. yeah, so basically, he always um, he's always sitting alongside one of his. I don't know if it's like the person is like his business partner or like maybe his like girlfriend. No, he said that those are his wives. Oh, then he, he right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the, he, the one, and then he gets. Uh, they they call her by the first wife's name, and it's like, no, this is my new wife. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, his his multiple wives uh, don't they don't they only speak Japanese. They don't speak English. Mm-hmm. And so when he turns to um, when he turns to her to like either relay information or get like her take on it, he is speaking English, but in a very offensive like faux Japanese accent. Like, like yeah, he's doing he's doing he's doing he's doing a he's doing a terrible English ching chong. Yeah. Yeah. Accent. Completely. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, that is part of the joke. And then the other part is that either way, his wife doesn't understand him. And he also, we learned, doesn't speak Japanese. <laughs> so he's interpreting for her, but he's just saying whatever he's thinking. Well, I, th- I think, so I think, all right, th- this is going back to subtitle issues again. I think that by not translating what she was saying, mm-hmm. that you're missing out. So I think she understands English perfectly fine. Um, because oh, I was that's right. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. I was picking. I was picking up a few words of what she was saying, mm-hmm. just based on my fucking weeb shit. Uh, so she was answering the questions that he was giving, mm-hmm. and he he has no idea what she's saying. He has no idea what she's saying. So well, that's what I think the point is of this whole thing yeah. is that the entirety of the joke lands on this idiotic white dude and his right, just like idiocy and his ignorance and stupidity. 
But um, I think, but I think because the Japanese is not subtitled for the audience, we have no way of knowing that she yeah. is answering the question completely. That's a good point. So it 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 doesn't land that same way. Mm-hmm. Unless unless you happen to know Japanese and know that she's completely answering the question in a perfect, eloquent manner that she's trying to run the business. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think that would have emphasized the point. Yeah, um, that's a re- yeah, that that's very true. Um, and like, also the the argument to whether this any of this really was necessary, like, none, this had nothing to do with the the story or anything outside of just being a bit. Yeah, it was it was basically a throwaway scene. Yeah, it was a throwaway, and so like that also kind of adds to like, did did we really need this? Was this really handled well here? Um, right. But I don't know. I mean, I don't see too much of a problem with it just because like the target of the joke is very clearly the white dude. But then again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also white. So I, I don't know if I can really speak. No, to... I mean, yeah, the same circumstances. But no, I, I do agree. Like, I, I thought that that was apparent, but I do think it could have been better, like I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But like at the same time, it's like, yeah, you could have lost that. Uh, but then it's like, well, most of this movie is just a bunch of vignettes, right? True. So, and like there are other there are other instances of like just very casual like there's casual like sexism and, and misogyny and even like workplace harassment um, that's just yeah. like thrown in a scene very casually and I think that reflects how casual those things were. And I think to, that was the point. That was yeah. the point of it. That was the whole point of it. Um, they're not like highlighted. They just happen in in the everyday lives of these characters because they happen in everyday life in the real world mm-hmm. yeah yeah but um yeah, yeah. they just go unremarked because that yeah. was just what it was mm-hmm. um but yeah like not to get too bogged down by like the sort of like quote-unquote controversial aspects of the film like what did you think of it overall um i thought i thought the writing was really good i i liked the dialogue you know i i i i enjoyed the back and forth between um the two leads um I, I enjoyed Alana's characterization, uh, just, you know, this 20-something that is constantly disappointed by the world and people around her and uh, s- struggling for a place and, you know, not really finding anything. I, I think that the, the um, I don't know if it's comfort that she seeks or, you know, like finds or whatever. I don't think that's the right place to find it, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that her... Her characterization was interesting. Um, I, I I didn't feel the same way about uh, what the fuck Gary or whatever. Yeah. Um, m- maybe that's just because I'm no longer a 15 year old boy. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I there was one. Th- so I I thought this might have been like um, like a biopic at first. I was like, oh, was this was this a real was this a real actor? And so I quickly Googled. And, uh, so Gary Valentine is a real dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the brother of, uh, Kevin James. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, totally unrelated. Has nothing to do with this. This is not a biopic. This is. No, but, but there are definitely like real life experiences, uh, wherever they came from. I'm not sure, but like real life experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. thrown into this movie. Oh, of course. But like, no, it is not based on that dude whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but that's just a very specific name to have used. Uh, so I was I, I was confused for like the first 20 minutes. I was just like, is this 
Is this a bu- you know, is this based on something or Yeah. To con- uh, to to make that even a bit more confusing is like some of the supporting characters, like uh Sean Penn's character is meant to resemble somebody uh, a real actor, but I don't think they changed the first name, right? And then um Bradley Cooper's character, which by the way, I love that entire like twenty minute <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or deal with him. Um, Bradley yeah. Cooper's character is based on a real person directly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who was well, yeah, apparently that very much that type of person. Okay. Because, yeah, because he was just talking about Barbara Streisand the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, I mean, what a what a job for, what a gig for Mr. Cooper to, to, <laughs> to come in and do. Like, uh, it just, like, it had to be so much fun. Um, and, and that whole, like, sequence takes place with, uh, during a gas shortage in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. And that leads to this, um, uh, like, action scene with, a, a, they're driving this, this, like, U-Haul type truck. Uh, backwards down hills because it's, they ran out of gas just incredible just incredibly mm-hmm. directed it's like an uh obviously a master of, of his craft just like showing off at that point but it, sh- it was just like so much fun to watch that whole thing yeah it was brilliant yeah and there's like there's so many like classic like pta moments in, in this movie too like like you mentioned it's it's it really is like a series of, of vignettes it's like so many things that like play to his strengths and and the strengths of the actors involved too mm-hmm um, so much like really great comedy. Like this is very much one of his sort of like lighter, more like lighthearted films, you know? Yeah. Which also I think the fact that it is so lighthearted makes that whole age gap thing even a little bit more um, like problematic, you know? Because like right. in, the pa- in the past you'd be dealing with characters that you know are shit. Mm-hmm. That you know are shit or you know they're doing something that's really like bad and, and that's like evident in the screenplay. But here it's like there is so much like lightness to this movie and it ends on a very like high note and and it has all these beats that you would you would see in like like a romantic comedy type of type of film mm-hmm. and it's like that's just like that just makes the whole thing even more confusing for me mm-hmm. yeah no i agree completely um it's like it's, at, at the end i don't i don't know what to make of it because like it, 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 the whole thing isn't a joke you know but like you're left with this moment that is supposed to be such a feel-good thing Mm-hmm. But you feel the opposite, and it's and it's not set up ironically whatsoever. No. Um. And so that's why it, it feels like you chop off that last thirty seconds, and I feel like you get such a different impression. Um. Yes. Yes. And no. Because like there is still that feeling throughout, at least for me, like throughout the film, like are are they gonna go there? Are they not gonna go there? And I feel like that is intentional, and just still, it just still doesn't land. I know. Sure, I don't think it lands completely, but I I feel like it's such a diff. There is such a difference between the two of them running to meet each other and uh, awkwardly colliding, mm-hmm. and then or having that play out. Then the two of them kissing, and she says, "I love you." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's such that's true. Such, that's such a difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's such an intentional choice too. Mm-hmm. I, I actually want to like I I want to hear some PTA interviews, but I don't I don't think he said much. Mm. I don't think he likes to say much. It's like one right. of those artists who likes to like, you know, let the work speak, I guess. But um but in this in this specific case, I'd really like to sort of get behind behind the scenes on like what what went into all these decisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Cuz like I want to love the movie. And I I, yeah. I very much enjoyed the experience of watching the movie, but I'm also like very confused by some very key choices and right. I just don't know what to make of them. Like I think um Cooper and Alana are just like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As first time leads 
just phenomenal. And I know like a big part of that, of course, is their 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 talent. And then I also know that PTA just like elevates the people that he works with too. I feel mm-hmm. like there's probably a comfort level working with somebody that you've known because like he's worked with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm sure they've had um, a relationship. He's probably known him since he was like very little. And then right. um, he's had a relationship with Haim sisters for a long time as well. Um, so like all of that really, really led to like just like magic as far as like the performances, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's like assembled a bunch of character actors too, you know, playing these. Oh yeah, uh, parts like Mary Elizabeth Ellis from Always Sunny, you know. Yes. Um, and also, this, there's like other children of movie stars or, or people in the industry too. Like I think like Steven Spielberg's daughter was in this, mm. and just like some other some other like industry like relatives of industry people. Mm, okay. Which is something that Tarantino did in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. And it just makes me convinced even further that Tarantino is the filmmaker that... I'm sorry, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is the filmmaker that uh, Tarantino wishes he was. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, like to be completely honest, because like this is basically um, Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. Like it's very... These are both like the movies that the directors wanted to make at this stage of their careers and basically had the complete freedom to make. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, Hollywood really just like, for me at least, fell flat in, in all the areas that this one didn't. So yeah. like controversies aside, you know, but I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, a lot of Haim, Haim is just like, I never know how to pronounce <laughs> And that's like a joke too. I, I like, I, I think it's Haim, but, and I love I that, that band sound, that too. I've been listening to them for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like to, to be in this huge band and to play the Grammys like 12 months ago and then now you're the lead in a Best Picture nominated film like that's like insane mm-hmm. that's like almost too talented for any one person to be yeah <laughs> but but yeah um speaking of multi-talented actors mm-hmm. uh you know about Morbius um I've heard some things about Morbius yeah not very good things <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not entirely convinced that it's real. People have seen it though. Have they? Yeah. <laughs> they've seen it and they've written poor reviews about it. So I feel like I feel like anybody that has seen it is like a crisis actor. I feel like I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is a big giant prank on me. Like the wor- like world is pranking me because it doesn't seem like it's a real thing. Um and I also think that it might be cult recruitment material. Wait, but so who's um, multi-talented? Is it, are you talking about Jared Leto? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing about Leto is I think he's a very good actor, but musician. No. Is he? No, I no. I, I think he's he's is genuinely he? no. He's genuinely had some very very good perform. Like lately, he's been kind of a joke, er? and I think that is attributed to the roles that he's taken on. But he's throughout his career, he's had some real some real like knockout performances. But Thirty Seconds mm. to Mars is is pretty pretty rough. Uh, like that doesn't was... that feels like he did it because he could because he like had the. Because he's famous, so he could he could do that, you know, and people would listen to it. But it's like you really had no business being in a band. Well, he's still doing it. Really? That hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Have they put out music? Uh, they started a cult. Oh, I don't know anything about that. All right, let me let me let me tell you about it. Oh God. <laughs> this comes from Distractify. Back in 2019, it was reported that Jared Leto had started a real cult. He actually invites fans to join him on a very isolated island, Mars Island, where he walks around in a flowy white dress, his long brown hair parted down the middle. 
Jared has admitted that himself it's a cult, saying, yes, this is a cult. Hashtag Mars Island. <laughs> there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. Are we sure this isn't, um, this isn't just one of the, their music videos? Uh, Jared apparently bought or rented part of a private island where his fans slash followers congregate. Uh, here's the official description of Mars Island. Mars Island is a three-night, all-inclusive festival experience. Relax and restore with yoga amongst the trees. Take a dip in the pool. Catch a midnight screening or gaze the scar- at the stars and catch two intimate, intimate performances with 30 Seconds to Mars. Are the, Mars screenings, are the screenings exclusively Jared Leto films? I mean, they've got to be, right? You would think. Right? Yeah. Um, well, the whole thing might partly be a marketing ploy for the band. Uh, Jared Leto is also embracing his new identity as a prophet. Um Starter packages cost at $19.95, which does not include travel, and go up to uh, $6,499, which is the highest tier. Uh, if you go with that package, you get an exclusive VIP experience with Jared himself. The event, which is located in Croatia, uh, happened uh, in 2020. I think they also did a 2021 uh, event. Um, so the cult is referred to as Echelon, um, and Echelon is, quote, Belief, hope, emotions, understanding, music, support, world unification, love, shouts, communication, freedom, happiness, tears, dreams, it is the family, end quote. That reminds me a bit of the flower of life. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's from alchemy, you know. Um, the video shows devoted fans with actual Echelon tattoos. Members of the Echelon also use the hashtag, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> Which is the kind of motto that Jared started and uses himself. Uh, it's also used to fight back against any naysayers. Um, okay. That's kind of weird. That's like preemptively defensive about the whole thing, which makes you wonder, should you even be doing it in the first place? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, should, that should tip you off. Like if you have to be like, yeah, you don't get it, man, before anybody's even asked. Uh-huh. You know? I don't know. Yeah, you, you wouldn't understand. Um. Do you remember when they used to make like hour long music videos for for their songs? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. I, I really think one, they've they've eclipsed like the hour mark on some of those. Yeah. And wasn't the one just ripping off of uh, Fight Club, which he was in? <laughs> yeah. God. Um, then it goes on to him about wandering the desert for twelve days, saying that he didn't know there was a pandemic. Um, he claimed in 2013 that the cult thing was a joke. Um, oh, just a joke that we didn't get. A joke that we didn't get. But that was 2013. And so now in 2020, uh, they're calling him a prophet and going to an island. So, yeah. I feel like this would make for a pretty good, like, reality show. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, the Morbius, I don't know. <laughs> I, I see a lot of Marvel fans going, it's like... Like based on the bad reviews, like oh no, this is this is a, this is Sony. This is Sony did this. Sony did this. You know, I until this, this moment, I I, I assume <laughs> this was a DC film. Oh yeah, I thought this was DC. <laughs> I, I, so it's so it's it's not it's not it's not Mobius. It's, it's is not Mobius Morpheus. another is Mobius another character? I think Mo, no. Mobius is the uh 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 oh what is it the the world that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is from? Oh, and who's the Matrix guy? <laughs> That's Morpheus. Oh, Morpheus. That's right. So it's not either of those. And what's the drug? Oh, that's morphine. Yeah. It's morphine. Is more Morbius. So this is out of continuity. If if it's that's the thing I've learned, right? If it's Sony, what continuity? If it's if it's Sony Marvel, that means it's not really a part of the whole Marvel universe. But isn't Spider Man? 
Yeah, but like that's true. But didn't he like sort of integrate? Like they had that whole thing where he. he so you're telling me that, with the, that Kevin Kevin Feige doesn't want Morbius? Is that what you're telling me? I just I don't think you know like Doctor Strange is going to show up in this film or anything. I don't think you'll have like Tony Stark. Uh, well, then they kill Tony Stark. Oh, that's true. I don't think you'll have Captain America flying around. You know, didn't they? Didn't they kill Captain America? Oh yeah, he well he got really old and died. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. I think. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody uh, thought when they sat down and watched. Uh, yeah, I don't. I'm making these jokes, and I actually genuinely enjoyed those Avengers movies. But that, that's yeah, that's a whole yeah, other yeah. thing. Gonna sit down to enjoy Morbius. <laughs> Morbius. Now this is a theater only uh, release. Correct? Sure, sure it is. Yeah. I don't think it's real. I don't. Who wanted this? Other than Jared Leto, who asked for this? I've never heard of this character. Hmm. <laughs> I, I swear to God, this is like some Scientology shit. <laughs> like, because I wrote in the notes, it's like, oh, it's like this has got to be like some kind of Battlefield Earth thing. I originally wrote After Earth, which was the the Will Smith movie that people thought was uh, Scientology propaganda. Remember that one? No. It was the Will Will and Jaden Smith M Night Shyamalan. Oh, okay. It got like five percent Rotten Tomatoes. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Morbius uh, is a living vampire and has a PhD. He's a living vampire, mm-hmm. as opposed to I suppose a, a one dead that vampire. Has, yeah, I get. Was that okay. mean like mortal vampire? No, it means morb. Oh, okay. <laughs> His and he notable, has a PhD. He has a PhD. That's, that's um, good Doctor Doctor Michael Morbius. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Actually, no. his full his full name, if you want to get technical, is Doctor Morgan Michaels Nikos Michaels. <laughs> no, it's, it's not two two Michaels. That's, this is this Hi, my name is Mike on. Michaels. Doctor Morgan Michaels Nikos Michaels. Where's the Morbius come from? Oh, actually, you know what? That might just be a list of aliases that it's not like. There's no like punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just his full name. <laughs> But that's just a list without any punctuation. It's just all the words together. Um, yeah. I don't Morbius. Know. Oh, and he's won a Nobel Prize. <laughs> yeah. Specializes Fuck. in biochemistry and hematology. Oh, sure, sure. His, 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 <laughs> on the Marvel fandom site, it says origin, living vampire, and then living status, alive. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he come from? I, he was just he was just alive. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. He just he just showed up. Of course, he's an anti-hero. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. He's and very in, par- in parentheses, sometimes villain. Oh, oh, in yeah. In case you want to get a little spicy, you can't trust this guy. He's always a bad guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't with this shit. And and and, and they want these. Oh, movies to oh be taken he's, he's dying. He's dying of an unknown blood disease, and he's he's desperately searching for a cure. That's why he became a biochemist. Oh, I thought that was going, why he became a vampire. Oh, well, that would make sense too, wouldn't it? But that doesn't seem to be. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's a very good vampire. I gotta be honest. Oh wait a minute. So living vampire might not actually mean because it, it says he's a living man afflicted with a condition that is akin to that of true vampires. So his 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 condition manifests in a way that makes him seem like a vampire, but maybe he's not really one, which is why they call him a living vampire. So he just can't eat Italian food. That must be it. Yeah. 
So he's got celiac disease. Like, <laughs> what is this? I almost, I almost like sort of want to read some of the comics. <laughs> if you want to read some good vampire stuff, read Monogatari. Like uh-huh. this is some, this is some shit. Yeah, his first appearance <laughs> was in the Amazing Spider-Man 101 back in October oh, okay. of, of 1971. So, so they're trying to get more Spider-Man villains going. Is that what they're doing? Well, that seems to be the only thing that Sony has the rights to, or at least used to have the rights to. Right? It was either Spider-Man movies or like spin-offs, like the Venom ones and stuff like right. that. Right. Morbius. So they're 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 at the yeah they're at the Morbius stage of, of draining out their their uh, the, the stuff they have the rights to. They they really couldn't make like a Green Goblin thing or something. Well, they already did that. Like a, but like a solo spinoff thingy. I don't know who who's gonna see this film. Well, the projections are, st- it's saying it could have like a 50 million box office, despite the atrocious uh, critical reviews. People just eat up anything, huh? Yeah, it seems that way. <laughs> but then again, then again, we we should have learned this lesson. We shouldn't talk shit about movies that we haven't seen. No, no. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. We could talk shit about Morbius. I don't know. There's a, there's a, no, there's a difference between. <laughs> Between something that at least was like, you know, up there for some awards, got very good critical reception. Hey, the Flash enters the Speed Force. Okay, yeah. <laughs> won an Oscar. <laughs> it didn't win an Oscar. It won it won a poll. It won okay, it was the winner of an award who, during the Oscars telecast. Got, I consider they that didn't too. hand out no, they didn't hand out the little man. They didn't hand out Oscar. They didn't Well, there was nobody there to accept it. Yeah, of course. Zack Snyder has better things to do. <laughs> well, so does so did Ezra Miller, apparently. Of course, yes. It's true. God. <laughs> Accepting this award for selection is the Speed Force on behalf of Ezra Miller. <laughs> Who's in jail. Who could not be here tonight. Well, so so just to just to mention this because I did put it in the in the show. Yeah. So so Sunday night, I was gonna frame this as like a it was like somebody wins an award at the Oscars and then like causes a scene, and I wonder who that uh-huh. is. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Ezra Miller was not at the Oscars. They were at a bar in Hawaii, um, and there was some karaoke going on. And I don't know if this is true or if it was a joke, but if it is true, it makes it ten times funnier that the person that he was um yelling at or sorry they i keep mispronouncing uh, the pronouns uh, but so what happened was miller was arrested because they were yelling obscenities and grabbed the microphone from the person doing karaoke <laughs> and from what i've heard on the internet the song that was being sung was shallow from star is born <laughs> bradley cooper and lady gaga i was hoping it was like down with the sickness or something no, and that seemingly set Ezra off. Um, also, they were probably quite intoxicated, but... Sure. Uh, th- yeah, they have a violent uh, streak in them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, a, a very famous video of them, like... there's It's, like, a fan signing or something, and they just, like, grab this girl's throat and, like... Oh, jeez. Like choke them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was, like, I think either slightly pre or post... Speed Force? Uh, Justice League. Oh. Well, yeah, I guess it would have been. Um, no, I didn't know that, though. That's 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 troubling. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're still, like, going ahead with 
the Flash movie still. Of course they are. Yeah, which I I never I never got it because I like Ezra Miller was what like what in uh that perks of being a wallflower movie and like yeah and the that was, um, was, was kind of it the Harry Potter uh, spinoffs. Oh. <laughs> Wow, they really know how to pick them in that one, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, I never, I never understood the appeal, to be honest. Other than handsome, you should know, have just person. gotten the like, the actor from the Flash TV show. That's what a lot of people kind of want. Yeah, which I think that's still going. Can you believe that shit? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't even yeah. know where we're at here. I'm not sure what we're I, doing. At this I, don't point. Even, I don't even know. Was there a was there an end to the Morbius <laughs> thing? Was there? No. Okay. No. I, <laughs> I just can't believe that shit's real. I mean, are we covering it when it comes out, like, on streaming? Do, do you want to watch Morbius? No, but... Okay. It could make for a decent... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, right, I'll I'll look at the runtime, because that's... <laughs> <laughs> if it's longer than an hour and a half, there's no fucking shot. Um, 104 minutes. That's in the ballpark. That's actually a I good... Know. That's a good runtime. That's uh, it's pretty ideal, I think. Uh, not for... <laughs> I mean, it's not, think of it this way. It's not as long as some of the 30 seconds to Mars music videos. That's true. So his, his character is actually called Morbius, the living vampire. Well, yeah, you don't want to be confused with any of the other similar sounding characters like Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be very specific. Oh, he was in Spider-Geddon. Ah, yes. I feel like every character that's ever, <laughs> that's ever been like in the same frame as Spider-Man was in, was in that. So in this new universe, Morbius is fused with Morpheus. He tries to steal some blood tanks, but is defeated by Arachnite. Who's the Morpheus in Marvel? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Wait, is Moon Knight just Morpheus? No. Confused. Mm -mm. Morpheus first appeared in Moon Knight 12. Yeah, but Moon Knight is not, I don't think that's that character's name. Must have been like a- Unprecedented viral infection that caused competitive inhibition of certain segments of his DNA in the process of replication. Is it really unprecedented? Because I feel like something like that happens all the I feel time like this is, in the Marvel I feel like this was just an, just an AIDS allegory. Uh, was it around like... 1981. Yeah. He consults Dr. Peter Alroon, who prescribes an experimental untested drug. The drug reacts with Markham's DNA, causing a freakish appearance and the inability to sleep. Markham discovers that he no longer needs sleep and that he now has a highly destructive psionic ability. He names himself Morpheus, the Greek god of sleep. Okay. Great. Powers and abilities. Morpheus no longer needs or desires sleep. The lack of sleep results in the accumulation of a destructive psionic ability, which he calls Ebon Energy. Okay. All right. Hold on. To prevent himself from becoming overloaded, he has to release it now and then. Sleep, natural or artificial, will stop the energy from building up. He also has the telepathic ability to cause nightmares. So he's a janky-ass uh, scarecrow. Yeah. Yikes. When you get down to, like, the C-tier Marvel, it's pretty rough, huh? Well, see, I've always I've always felt that Marvel uh, has a very good like so so here, the way I've always seen it when it comes to the comic books, right? DC has the better like A characters, right? But Marvel mm. really thrives in like the lower ones, like the lower tiers. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we haven't seen that really translate very well to the films, but. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot they could do with, like, the Spider-Man sort of, like, area of things. Like, there's Silk, there's um, Spider-Woman, there's... You could make a Mary Jane movie. I mean, that'd be cool, wouldn't it, you know? Yeah, so they're doing this shit. And so, yeah, exactly. Instead, so they're doing this, or they're making, like, oh. three Tom Hardy movies as, as Venom. 
Okay, so this is part of the Sony's Spider-Man universe, or the SSU. Go. Oh, it's got, it's got an acronym. It does. There's a whole <laughs> fucking Wikipedia. Oh my god, this is way too long. This page. This page is so long. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Expansion of the television. No more television. No, don't do this. Craven I think it's kind of funny that I think it's kind of funny that Punisher is on Disney Plus now. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty ridiculous. What is Craven the Hunter? Um. Yeah. Name sounds familiar. Um. Well, I thought well, that person was like a vampire hunter, right? Craven the Hunter. Oh my god. Why is this Wikipedia page so fucking long? Draven. What the fuck? Craven the Hunter. As a fictional character, blah, 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 debuting in American Spider-Man. Sorry, Amazing Spider-Man. One of the Web Slinger's most formidable foes is part of a collective of adversaries that make up the Spider-Man rogues gallery. Nope, that's Batman's thing. Craven has also come into conflict with the other heroes, such as Black Panther and Tigra. He is the half-brother of the Chameleon and one of the founding members of the Sinister Six. Typically portrayed as a renowned big game hunter, whose goal in life is to best Spider-Man in order to prove himself as the world's greatest hunter. Okay. Depicted as an anti-hero and an ally of Squirrel Girl, and sometimes Spider-Man himself, whom he came to respect deeply for the numerous times he defeated Craven. Great. Well, Weren't they going to make a Squirrel Girl movie? Wasn't that? They were going to do, an, uh, uh, I think, an animated show. Yeah. And then it got canceled or something before it. That's a good character. That's a bummer. All right. This is breaking my brain in unpleasant ways. Oh, my God. His name is Sergei Kravenoff. <laughs> Christ. Well done, Stan Lee. You did it again. Hey, now, I mean, he's 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 done a lot. This is this is not his best, but you can't dismiss. <laughs> you can't dismiss all the good stuff. Ah, uh, was Stan Lee the first Morbius? <laughs> the first living vampire. Yeah, because remember whenever uh, uh, those weird people that were taking advantage of him were stealing his blood? Oh, so you think this is all just like uh, him, like sorting out his his real life traumas? In, in yeah, 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 yeah. He was like he was like under a weird conservatorship thing where they were taking his blood and selling it as like uh, very strange souvenirs and like blood signatures and things like that. Hmm. As he was like old and dying. Oh, that's right. There were the um, like elder abuse claims and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know it involved that, but... Uh, oh, yeah, it was weird. That's very bleak. Mm-hmm. But hey, Jared Leto's on the scene. He's gonna... He's gonna write this ship. Um, I just... I wonder when Sony's, like, contract runs out. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck knows? This is supposed to be over with by now. Well, they'll get the next year's Craven, and then after that, they're gonna pull out Blimpo, the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck... Are we done? Did we do a show? I, I think so. I don't. I don't know how listenable this one was, but I, I don't know either. <laughs> so that's the problem. Last time we had a very, you know, I think concise, digestible show. Yeah, I, I, time, I liked last week's. If I if I do say so myself. Yeah, I, I think we overstuffed it. Yeah, we overstuffed it. And I I just really didn't know how to talk about uh, licorice pizza. I'm still processing. I don't really. I don't it was know. unexpected. I think is the thing. I, I went yeah. into it really knowing nothing. And uh, me too. Yeah. Actually, I assume that I, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird that Alana Hyam is playing a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. Even at I the mean, beginning, I was like, I thought she was in high school. I thought she then... was a student, but it turns out she works at the uh, at the uh, for the photography company that's at the right. School. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever she's like, "How old are you?" and then he's like, 15. and I was like, "Oh, I guess she's like a senior." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And she, so she's like weirded out about dating a freshman. I thought that was it. And then when she's like, she, she's 25, I was like, 
oh fuck it did such severe psychic damage to me mm-hmm. um so yeah <laughs> because it's like i know you're trying to end the show i know but it's like <laughs> yeah, it's- I don't want to sit here and like point out, I don't want to be the person who's like sitting here pointing out, oh, like this is, this is not what you should have in a film, you know, like stuff like that. Cause that's like, I don't know. That's kind of annoying. Right. Yeah. I, I, I hate being like coming off as like a, like any kind of scoldy tone or whatever the fuck. It's yeah. Just, it's just, I, I don't know how to approach that. I like, I don't know what the film wants us to do with that. Right. And at the same time, the it's, it's so key to the identity of, of the characters and the film. So you really can't avoid it. Like you can't just like set it aside either. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling on about though. We can end the show. You've got some, yeah. some closing stuff to say. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, lots of Denver publishing stuff happening, uh, getting that underway, uh, planning some future releases. Uh, I, I say that, but it's, book publishing so that takes a whole heck of a lot of time so um please look forward to it as they like to say in the final final fantasy community and so if you are looking for developmental editing services uh reach out publishing at denro.co uh, as always you can follow me on twitter at dinner road facebook.com slash dinner tv twitch.tv slash dinner tv and do a youtube search for dinner tv and email us your thoughts on Lafresh Pizza. At the email is video at denro.co. Um, if you have the time, please give us a rating on the podcast app of your choice if it allows you to do so. Uh, yeah, that should do it. We'll see you next week for hopefully a less uh, incoherent show. I don't know. I think yeah. it, was, it was coherent. It was just kind of, it was kind of overstuffed. That's all. But yeah, we'll see you next week.